What a twist. Hello, and welcome to What's Happening, the podcast where Sam and Cameron watch and review the happening uh, every week. Uh, as you may know, this is uh, coming a little bit late, almost an entire week late, uh, and it's just me who's been talking. You want to know why? Because Cameron's not here again. I'm all by myself, and uh, yeah, I... Well, I was away last week, and so Cameron was in charge, but he couldn't find anyone to uh, to do the podcast with him, so he just didn't do it. And I couldn't find someone to do the podcast with me, or I felt a little embarrassed trying to ask people. I shouldn't be embarrassed about it at this, at this point, but who knows. And so uh, I decided to watch the movie by myself. However, this was not an ordinary viewing, because it was not a viewing. It was a listening. I am currently in the car. I'll turn off the AC so it doesn't get in the way. Uh, I'm in the car, and I was driving to LAX to pick up my best friend from home. Uh, who knows, maybe she'll be on the next podcast, we'll see. Uh, but the moral of the story is that I, I just put it on as I drove and listened to it. If I was at red lights, I got to check over and see, see how Hot Dog Man was doing, but I was all by myself listening to the happening on my way to LAX. Uh, it's quite an adventure. You know, I I thought it would take longer, so I gave myself two hours before my friend comes in. But uh, she she did not get in as soon as I thought she would. Or the drive, sorry. she got She's getting in at the same time, probably. I haven't gotten a message from her, so I'm assuming she's still on the plane. Uh, I set out early, but I got here like an hour early. So I've been driving around, figuring out stuff to do as the movie plays. And uh, I decided to try and check out uh, Loyola Marymount University's campus because they, I almost went to Loyola Marymount. That was my second choice school, and I thought, why not visit it again? But I forgot that every gate is guarded, or has like a security guard at it. And I didn't want to have the weird interaction of driving up to the security guard being like, hello, I would like to uh, sit on your campus, possibly your lawn, so that I may continue watching the movie The Happening as I eat my Del Taco, and then... Uh, eat and then proceed to make a podcast about all of this. Uh, you know, which happens sometimes. I guess they, you know, sometimes you just have to say that. But uh, I didn't. I didn't want to go through that, so I decided not to do that. Uh, so yeah, uh, what do I want to even talk about? I'm just. It seems like the loneliest endeavor, driving by yourself with the only company being Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel. And not just their company, just their voices. Like, I don't have anything else, I didn't have anything else to, uh, to keep me company except for the sound of their voice. Which actually, it's a different experience when you just listen to the movie. Uh, I, there's, there's a, there's a lot that you just get from just hearing things. Uh, you know, the nice, recognizable musical stylings of Marky Mark, uh, is always welcome in my ears, uh, without the context of what's going on on screen. Uh, yeah. The thing that I think I noticed the most about this viewing was how much silence there is. Because as I'm just listening, I can only hear... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> what, uh... I can only hear what's happening. And there's a lot of silence in this movie. Uh, which ordinarily actually might be a good thing. Because that's the thing about, about sound. We as humans in the 21st century are inundated with noise and distractions. 
and things of that nature. Um, and so, movies that don't have a lot of noise or are just like to play with silence are actually very admirable. Things that, uh, things you don't, things you don't think about very much. Sorry, I'm sitting in a parking lot outside of LAX, just all the cars are like pulling in and I keep feeling like they know what I'm doing. Uh, this podcast has only been going on for four and a half minutes and I've already talked about how nervous I am about judgment uh, three times or so, maybe more. So that gives you an insight on how I am when I'm by myself. Uh, so much so much deep stuff you learn about when you just watch the happening all by yourself in a car, lonely, waiting for your friend. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's... Going back to the thing about silence is that people... People are just, especially in this day and age, always inundated with noise and things of that nature. And sorry, I'm just trying to shut off all my lights so no one thinks I'm weird. For... Alright, the, the recording kind of just stopped midway through. Uh, so I'm just going just gonna to ramp things up again. Uh, oh, I wasn't talking for very long, I just noticed it. Uh, I think I lost like 30 seconds to a minute. Uh, so no big deal. We didn't miss anything cool. Um, let's see. I... I'm gonna just keep getting distracted. Uh, this is why I like having Cameron around or someone else so that they keep me on track, because... Ooh, this movie's not really something I feel like talking about. Uh, maybe, maybe I jump into something cooler. Like, how about my favorite one-line character from this movie? Uh, this viewing, I think just because I could only listen, but, uh, but I remembered very heartily... The w there's a woman on the train when Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel and John Leguizamo are all trying to leave Philadelphia. Uh, she, this woman has her finger in her ear, like, as if she has this Secret Service earpiece, and she says, uh, Philadelphia's been attacked, which I find very interesting, because she is not talking to anyone, and she just has her finger in her ear, like Shyamalan said, all right, now act like you're getting word that Philadelphia's been attacked but she didn't have a phone on her, and she wasn't with anyone, so she decided to play, to pull some strings as an actress, and give herself a real character. So I kind of like to imagine her as, uh, she actually works for the Secret Service, and the president was about to head to Philadelphia for a uh, top-secret uh, history organization. Actually, National Treasure is a real thing. And he was going there to check and make sure that all the clues were still in place, so that whenever anyone wanted to find the treasure that they could, and she was the Secret Service officer, making sure that Philadelphia was safe. But alas, she was there when Philadelphia was at its least safe. When things... Uh, oh man, I was on a roll with this story, and I'm getting distracted by these cars that are trying to pull in here. They're being really dumb. Uh, moral of the story is that uh, this woman is part of the Secret Service, and so that's why she was my favorite one-line character. Because you can just come up with this big idea about this woman just because of her... Well, she has a second line after that where it's, uh, Philadelphia's been hit. And she says something else, I don't know. She has two lines, but they're very unimportant. But she, the fact that she just puts her finger to her ear makes, makes her, gives her a lot of character. And so I'd like to wonder uh, how she killed herself. I, I think that she simply just put her finger on her ear and just kept pushing really hard and just something had to give way because that woman couldn't help but keep her finger on her ear because she thought she was getting word from, pres from the president. 
that's what happens. <coughs> um, ooh, actually, a fun fact is, I since I was gone last week, I wasn't in town. I was in a bunch of places. First, I was in Nashville. Second, I was actually in Philadelphia. And that was exciting, because I was hoping that I would randomly run into M. Night Shyamalan, and we could do this podcast together. Alas, as there is no recording of me and M. Night together, I did not find him. But I was in Philadelphia, and I got to see, like, you know, some of the cityscape and some of the parts that probably were in the movie for at least a little bit. I thought I saw the... At the end, when uh, Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel have a hug, I think I saw that part, like, where they're outside, but, of course, a lot of the streets look like that. But I didn't end up going to Rittenhouse Square Park, which is where the where the outbreak happens in Philadelphia, where it starts. Uh, starts there. I went to Washington Square Park, which was still pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, there was just that little tiny part of me that was just hoping M. Night would just be walking through the park, walking like a corgi and, like, a supermodel on his side, and he was just loving it and I could just walk up to him and be like Mr. M. Knight huge fan please I I would love to just sit down and talk with you for a little bit and maybe if you want we can we can watch one of your movies and then talk about it afterwards but today was that day wasn't the that day wasn't that day yeah I don't know that didn't make sense moral of the story was is I was in Philadelphia had a great time uh then I actually we were in Philadelphia because We went to New Jersey for a wedding, uh, which was amazing because Orthodox Jewish weddings are a sight to behold. Uh, If you are Orthodox Jewish, really, you... I think you have the best weddings because everyone's just in a good mood. Everyone's ready for this matrimony to happen, and everyone is up and dancing. Of course, in Orthodox Jewish weddings... The men and women are separated, and there's this little divider, so you can't uh, hang out with the other, the opposite gender. But so I don't know what the women's side was exactly like. I crossed over a few times, and it looked like they were having fun, because I had to talk to my mom and my sister. But uh, but on the men's side, they were dancing for hours straight. It was amazing, and there was like three bottles of alcohol total in the entire place. So you know they weren't drunk. They were just so excited, so ready to party that they just couldn't help but but have a good time. Cheer for their little friend. Hey, shout out to you, Joshy. Have a great wedding. Hope your uh, one-week anniversary is, is doing top-notch. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't, I don't even know. Do you think I should call Cameron? What if I called Cameron? No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to call Cameron. And we are going to talk to him. Uh, on the phone because that is what happens. Sorry, I'm turning on the car so that I can call him via Bluetooth. Okay, here we go. Let's see if this works. Okay, so it doesn't work. I can't record and make the phone call at the same time. So, uh, if the recording stops in the middle of it, that probably means that someone, uh, call, if Cameron called me back or my friend Rachel uh, got off the plane. So that's what's happening there. Uh, gosh, I don't... I don't know what to talk about when it's just me by myself. Uh, I've talked about the silence. Uh, okay, oh, good mo- good filmmaking and bad film. Uh, that's a segment where we find something good about the movie. I say we... I find something good about the movie, despite it being a pretty bad movie. Uh, since I was only listening to it, uh, on this viewing, 
the sound design is actually is really good. Uh, that might just be because I could only hear it and I haven't just only heard other movies. But, like, everything was super specific. Like, when Christ McKenzie falls, he, like, you hear all the, like, all the boards shattering and, like, every tiny little splinter just hitting the ground. And I didn't get to match it up with the picture, so I don't know how accurate it is. Because the thing about movies, if, if you don't know, is that a lot of the sound happens in, uh, afterwards, obviously, in a, in a session called Foley where they record sounds uh, either in a studio or in a certain environment, and they just record them afterwards. So someone like broke a board or like dropped a bunch of them, and they combined a few different versions of that sound to make the one of Christ McKenzie falling off the, off the skyscraper. And it was really specific. Like I could hear like all the single little splinters and every, every tiny piece of wood and him hitting the ground. It was really well done. Uh, yeah, and then there was the part where, uh, the, the driver, when John Leguizamo, uh, during his last scene, uh, being alive, the driver puts his pedal, puts pedal to the metal, I don't know, uh, he does that, and he crashes the car into the tree, and just the very specificity with which John Leguizamo gets out, and you hear the footsteps, and you hear him pick up the glass, and the tiny little sounds of the cutting, that's... I mean, a lot of this is very uh, annoyingly graphic, but it's it's very well done. Uh, I'm sure it's w much better done in other movies, but the fact that I couldn't couldn't see it actually made it that much more <coughs> appreciated. <laughs> um, gosh, I I'm trying to think of other cool things that happened in the sound design. Oh, wait, no. Uh, dialogue when you only get to hear what's going on and you can't get distracted with anything else you just hear how bad and disjointed all the dialogue is so there's the there's the scene where uh where cameron from uh not our cameron uh cameron from ferris bueller's day off is talking and addressing all the teachers and he uh talks about how they how things are happening and he says a bunch of things and then he's like all right uh be ready, be ready for anything. We want you to be safe. And then Mark Wahlberg goes, Central Park. Well, that was that's weird. Like he had mentioned Central Park earlier, which means that in the original edit, he was supposed to say that, and that cl weird, awkward close-up was supposed to happen earlier. But for some reason, either M Night or his editor were like, "Nah, we're gonna wait like a minute before we talk about Central Park." Before Mark Wahlberg reacts to him saying Central Park. So I just like to imagine that uh, Mark Wahlberg's character was just, like, not paying attention at all. He hears the Central Park thing and just, like, drifts off into space. And then he snaps back into it because, like, John Leguizamo, like, punches him in the arm or something. And it's like, hey, pay attention. He's like, oh, Central Park, that's weird. I was, I've been here the whole time. Uh, that's, like, well, that's what I like to imagine. Uh, because I like to imagine things. Because imagination, uh, imagination is our strongest tool as human beings. As we live... And we grow, and we learn to love. Mm, that should, that should go on some uh, t-shirts. Uh, if I can't think of anything else to talk about, I'll just, I'll go for a few more minutes just talking about whatever. Uh, my roommate Daniel, whom you may have heard on a different podcast, uh, week five, I believe, he, he got a, he got a typewriter, and uh, we have this other bedroom that's being safe for his boyfriend, because uh, it's. Me, him, my other roommates, Taylor, Wolfie, and then Daniel's boyfriend is our fifth roommate. 
and he has his own room downstairs, but they're kind of like, you know, setting it up as a cute little, cute little room, and he got a typewriter for it, and so it's interesting to type on a typewriter, because you have to press really hard, like, to make the, to make the letter show through on the ink, but, but it's so cool that, like, you can't not use it, but the way to type really fast, you have to train yourself to type hard and fast and accurate, which is why <laughs> I bet some of those other news guys back in the day were, uh, were quite, were quite something, you know, when they give you the scoop. You see, you see, Charlie gives you the scoop, and it's a very important thing when Charlie gives you the scoop. You see, you type on the typewriter when Charlie gives you the scoop, and Charlie knows how to give you the scoop. Uh, that is an inside joke with, uh, you know, a very specific person, people. Uh, hopefully they listen to that, because it's a funny thing. Uh, talking about Charlie and giving you a scoop. Because that's what newsmen sounded like before the 1950s. They all talked very fast and like with a weird little accent. You know, kind of like stereo- what you think Brooklyn would sound like if you've never heard someone say they're from Brooklyn. So, you know, you're like this and you talk really fast. You see? And everyone's named Charlie. Even the guy who says the news is named Charlie. So everyone's like, yeah, Charlie. We understand you, Charlie. Right, Charlie. Uh, is that... Is that really all I feel like saying? Yeah, I mean, I've just kind of been filling up space. Uh, we'll make this a short episode, because I don't feel like dealing with it. So, uh, let's see. What should the title of the episode be? Uh, text 1 for Charlie. Text 2 for Life is a Highway, a.k.a. the Sam Alone story. Or text 3 f- with a different option for anything else. Alright. This has been What's Happening... Hopefully, I'll either have Cameron or some other person to watch with me on the next one. If not, God help us all. Good night.